Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. My name is Colm, and I'll be your conference operator today. At this time, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Ann Lauer Healthcare Group 2021 First Quarter Results Conference Call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. Please be aware that certain information discussed today may be forward-looking in nature. Such forward-looking information reflects the company's current views with respect to future events. Any such information is subject to risk, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results that differ materially from those projected in the forward-looking information. For more information on the risk, uncertainties, and assumptions related to forward-looking information, please refer to the company's latest MD and A and annual information form, which are available on CDAR. Management may also refer to certain non-IFRS financial measures, Although the company believes these measures provide useful supplemental information about financial performance, they are not recognized measures and do not have standardized meaning under IFRS. Please see the company's latest MD&A for additional information regarding non-IFRS financial measures, including for reconciliations to the latest IFRS measures. Please note that unless otherwise stated, All references to any financial figures are in Canadian dollars. Following management's remarks, uh, there will be a question and answer session. This call is being recorded on May 12, 2021. I would now like to turn the conference over to Michael and Lauer. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Colin. Uh, Good good morning, everybody. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. With me on the call is Peter Bromley, our Chief Financial Officer. As has been customary following my opening remarks, Peter will follow with a more detailed discussion of our financial performance, and then I'll conclude with comments on our outlook and growth strategy, and then we can open the lines to any questions. Our record first quarter results were driven by exceptional performance in our logistics and distribution and ground transportation product lines, including full quarter contributions from the acquisitions of TDS and McAllister, and a one-month contribution from the Skelton acquisition. We also benefited from a continued strong growth in our dedicated and last-mile delivery and our air freight forwarding product lines. The lack of revenue performance in our packaging, uh, co-packaging product line continues to reflect reduction in operating capacity due to COVID-19 safety measures we needed to Im- implement uh, last spring for the safety of our employees including limiting the number of associates in our operations to allow for physical distancing in accordance with public health guidelines. The financial performance was somewhat offset as a result of support received from the SUS program. Uh, Through strict adherence to these and other safety measures, I'm proud to say that we have successfully maintained our service levels and no disruptions at our 30-plus facilities across Canada uh, throughout this pandemic ensuring the timely delivery of essential products to hospitals, pharmacies, and clinics across this great land of ours. Our COVID-19 response has truly been a collaborative effort from our management and personnel across our national platform. It's a testament of our strong shared culture at Andlauer Healthcare Group. 
other than our strong financial and operating performance, our first quarter of 21 was highlighted by our acquisition of 100% of Skelton Canada and 49% of Skelton USA, which closed on March 1st. As noted previously, Skelton is a leader in the refrigerated 2 to 8 degree shipments of pharmaceutical and blood products, so we have significantly expanded our capacity in this area. Our acquisition of a minority interest in Skelton USA allows us to gently enter the U.S. market by partnering with this existing fast-growing and now well-established operator. While we're still in the initial stages of integrating Skeleton, it's already clear to me that they're a fantastic long-term strategic fit with AHG, and management at Skeleton is excited about the opportunities that lie ahead. I'd now like to turn the call over to Peter to review our financial performance in more detail. Peter? Thank you, Michael, and good morning, everyone. Uh, revenue for the quarter increased by 17.3% to $95.8 million, compared with $81.7 million in Q1 last year. Our TDS Logistics, McAllister Courier, and Skeleton Canada acquisitions accounted for approximately $10.3 million of the $14.1 million increase. Revenue for our healthcare logistics segment totaled $33 million, an increase of 7.7% compared with Q1 a year ago. The increase was attributable to greater inbound product volume, storage and handling activities in our logistics and distribution product line related to our existing client contracts, and the implementation of a significant new client contract in July 2020 related to our new facility in Brampton. The increase was partially offset by a 23.1% revenue decline in our packaging product line reflecting the temporary reduction in operating capacity due to COVID safety measures, as Michael just noted. Revenue in our specialized transportation segment totaled $62.5 million in the quarter, an increase of 23.2% from Q1 last year. The increase was attributable to 15.7% growth in our ground transportation product line, driven by higher client volumes, and $5.3 million in incremental revenue from our acquisitions of Skelton and McAllister, and a year-over-year -year growth in our freight forwarding and dedicated last-mile delivery product lines of 25.4 and 79% respectively. Growth in air freight forwarding was primarily attributable to volume increases as customers continued to adjust to varying levels of national demand while provincial governments attempted to manage changing conditions related to the pandemic. Growth in dedicated and last mile delivery was primarily attributable to the incremental revenue that, that we, we have from our acquisition of TDS. Cost of transportation and services for the quarter was $41.3 million, or 43.1% of revenue, compared with $33.5 million, or 41.1% of revenue for Q1 2020. The higher cost and related operation rate, operating ratio for Q1 this year reflects the addition of the TDS and McAllister cost profiles, partially offset by lower fuel costs in line with the decrease in revenue related to fuel, and savings achieved by effective management of our variable costs, as volume increased approximately 5% compared to Q1 a year ago. Direct operating expenses were $20.6 million for the quarter, or 21.6% of revenue, compared with $26.1 million or 26.5% of revenue in Q1 last year. We incurred certain incremental costs in connection with our COVID-19 response measures, including additional cleaning activities for facilities and equipment, expenses for PPE, and other measures impacting productivity. 
However, these incremental costs were mitigated through effective productivity management and other cost controls. A total of $0.5 million was recognized as a reduction of direct operating expense for Q1 this year as a result of the support received under the SUSE program. SG&A expenses for the quarter were $8.7 million, or 9.1% of revenue, compared with $7.7 million, or 9.5% of revenue in Q1 last year. SG&A expenses for Q1 2021 include share-based compensation compensation arrangements of approximately $0.5 million compared to $0.8 million in Q1 2020. A further $0.8 million is included in Q1 SG&A expenses for, the, for this year for incremental costs associated with the acquisition of Skeleton Canada and, and our 49% uh, acquisition of Skeleton USA. Operating income was $16.7 million in the quarter, an increase of 34.3% from Q1 last year primarily reflecting the the growth in total revenue, which exceeded the 14.2% increase in total operating expenses. Net income and comprehensive income increased by 41.9% to $11.6 million, or 30 cents per share, on a diluted basis from 8.2 million, or or 22 cents per share diluted in Q1 last year. The increase reflects higher segment revenue income uh, before eliminations from both our healthcare logistics and specialized transportation operating segments. EBITDA for the quarter increased by 35.6% to $25.5 million from $18.8 million in Q1 last year, and EBITDA margin improved to 26.6% from 23% from, from 23% last year. Certain SG&A expenses related to our initial public offering and higher costs related to becoming a public company contributed to lower EBITDA margins in Q1 last year, but the performance of our two operating segments continued to result in strong and stable EBITDA margins at the higher end of our historical range. Further, the skeleton acquisition has a margin profile in line with our specialized transportation segment, which positively impacts our overall margin. Approximately 0.5% of the higher EBITDA margin in Q1 this year is attributable to the support received on this, under the SUSE program. Turning to our balance sheet, as at March 31, 2021, we had cash and cash equivalents of $24.9 million, and we had working capital deficit of $4.6 million. This compares to cash and cash equivalents of $30.1 million and working capital of $44.4 million at 2020 year-end. Our working capital deficit at the quarter end is primarily attributable to the acquisitions of Skelton and Skelton USA. We partially finance these acquisitions through a combination of cash on hand and by drawing $50 million on a revolving credit facility and $25 million on our term facility. The remainder of the purchase price was satisfied by issuing the equivalent of $25 million in subordinate voting shares to the shareholders of Skelton and Skelton USA. We expect to reduce amounts drawn on the revolving credit facility during 2021 with excess free cash flow generated from operations, which is why we classify the revolving credit facility under current liabilities. Our credit facilities do not have any repayment terms other than that they are due and payable on March 1, 2025. I'd now like to turn the call back over to Michael for closing comments. Michael? Thanks, Peter. Uh, Throughout 2020 and into Q1 this year, we significantly enhanced our platform. 
for example, with the opening of our 220,000-square-foot facility, state-of-the-art facility in Brampton for Acuristics, continued growth in the reach of our dedicated and last-mile delivery product line, our acquisitions of uh, tuck-in acquisitions of TDS and McAllister in late Q4 2020, and the skeleton acquisition in this past quarter. Uh, we've allocated um, much of our new Brampton facility now due to a new customer implementation, other existing growing customers, and over the last year as well as supporting the Government of Ontario in storing and distributing the supplies associated with COVID-19 vaccines. We have a solid pipeline of opportunities to fill the remaining capacity uh, by the end, by the year end. The facility is now fully racked and ready for additional customer implementations. Our dedicated last mile delivery product line is our fastest growing offering, and we expect to continue expansion ahead. We launched ATS dedicated as a brand, as a separate brand during the year. Our acquisitions of TDS and McAllister have increased the reach of our services and expanded our market presence in Ontario. And the skeleton acquisitions represent a major milestone for us as they significantly expand our footprint and fortify our competitive strength. We expect continued steady growth in 2021, supported by ongoing organic growth, more COVID vaccine-related distribution business, particularly in the next two quarters, and a full year of contributions from our acquisitions of TDS, McAllister, Skeleton Canada, and our interest in Skeleton USA. We'll remain focused on the growth strategies that have contributed to our success since our IPO, including strengthening our client's connection to our platform by broadening our service offerings, increasing our capacity to attract both new clients and new business, pursuing strategic acquisitions to further expand our platform, and continuing to make it a priority to ensure the safety of our drivers and employees with respect to COVID-19, including helping them get vaccinated. That concludes our formal remarks, and I'd like to open the lines and questions. Colin, feel free to commence Q&A. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You'll hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star followed by two. If you're using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question. Okay, your first question comes from Walter Spracklin from RBC Capital Markets. Uh, Walter, please go ahead. Thank you very much, operator. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I hope you can hear me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Uh, so, so uh, uh, great results here. Uh, margins were pretty impressive, and that's the focus. Of my first question, I guess, Michael. You've always kind of indicated that margin expansion was not really the main driver of your your model. It was more the volume growth and you would price to get a certain margin, and that's how you go forward. But obviously, you've had a very nice margin expansion here. Uh, it sounded in your remarks like it was cost, but you know we're in a, a very favorable truck pricing environment right now. Are you able to drive pricing a little bit higher than you otherwise would have? And it also sounded like better asset utilization was was another factor. Perhaps you could kind of point us to what of those factors were perhaps the most uh, impactful, and therefore is this a margin? Is your new margin here in the first quarter the, a sustainable one and one that we should look at uh, uh, for your business going forward? Uh, good morning, Walter. Um, yes, I mean, I, I would say that 
the margins um, may not necessarily be sustainable long term, um, but the stars were definitely aligned in, the, in Q1 for a variety of reasons. Um, uh, certainly the acquisition of Skelton didn't, didn't hurt uh, the margins, even though we were only talking about one month. Uh, but there, like I said, a, a bunch of stars were aligned. Uh, fuel costs uh, were less uh, than typical uh, fuel surcharges, and these, these are typically uh, pass-through uh, line. Um, so, you know that 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 would uh, in, that that would typically help margin when fuel costs are lower. Uh, our Brampton facility, our, uh, you know, our logistics business t- tends to be a step cost uh, operation uh, as we as we build out. Um, um, facilities um, because we have the fixed costs of those facilities. So uh, we exceeded our expectations in filling that uh, facility. We're more or less full. Some of it is temporary, uh, and we'd like I said on the call, our pipeline is such that we will be filling this out by year end. Uh, we've already uh, racked uh, the whole facility to to. Um, uh, to do that, so <laughs> my next order of the day is to ensure that we have growth opportunity for Acuristics going forward, um, and and certainly you know there are a, a level of economies of scale when you consider um, you know um, greater revenues, uh, uh, in particular on the dedicated uh, side of things. Um, um, so like I said, the stars were aligned. Uh, and uh, that's where we, we were able to get exceptional numbers. Yeah. That, that, that's great. Uh, good to hear. Um, you mentioned capacity and that you're starting to now look at potential growth avenues. Is this, um, you know, are you looking at a new facility? Uh, would it be more in the kind of same regions, or are you, are you bumping up against capacity constraints in other regions as well? Um, obviously, real estate and, 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 and availability is a little tight. Uh, do you have any locations kind of uh, you know, framed out here? Uh, any indication on where you might, uh, where that growth uh, avenue is going? Um, yeah, I mean, typically national distribution for for healthcare tends to be um, in one location for the country, and typically Ontario has been the chosen location. Uh, we do have opportunities to expand in Quebec. We have. Um, um, a facility with excess land. Um, we're already in discussions with a builder on that on that side of things. Um, some of the uh, business that we have filled out is um, COVID related. Um, whether and then you, when you think about it, it's not just the vaccines that we're distributing. It's it's all the ancillary products that go with it, with it. COVID related. Um, Especially on the temperature control test kits have been a huge, uh, um, you know, uh, I mean, there's test kits everywhere, and 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 those are have to be distributed in temperature uh, ambient environments. Um, so it's business we all hope goes away. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, yeah, it's a double-edged sword on this one. But yeah, I certainly, yeah. uh, I would much rather uh, have that uh, behind us by the by, uh, and that's one of the reasons, Walter, why I. I I am encouraging and trying to lead by example to ensuring that as many people get vaccinated. And we want to, you know, as a company, we want to make sure that uh, most of our, uh, if not all our employees get vaccinated and and enable and and, uh, advocate uh, needles and arms um, so that we we don't have to deal with the fourth wave. 
Yeah, makes sense. Uh, can you quantify that vaccine impact for the second quarter? I know, you, as you mentioned, it might be temporary, but just framing it uh, just to get a sense. Yeah, we, we, we guesstimate, and part of it, you know, you have uh, you know, a company like Pfizer, for example, where we're doing their distribution, their national distribution, the, the, the diluent that goes with with the vaccines is is, uh, is warehoused uh, in our facility and and goes to all the all the all the inoculation centers uh, to complement the vaccines. Uh, it, it's it sometimes it's difficult to put a number on it but uh we've 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 looked at it internally and and feel comfortable that it's in around the 3.7 million dollar range uh looking at you know uh, test kits and vaccine storage and uh, uh vaccine distribution which was not much in the first quarter but we anticipate obviously as you read in the papers the next two quarters are going to be uh, very busy um bring it on um we're ready, um, and and we we um, we're we're uh, uh, so between test kit vaccines and vaccine ancillary supplies, uh, figure that's probably the number in the first quarter that uh, impacted our top line. Okay, that's all my questions. Thanks very much for the time, Michael. Thanks. Thank you, Walter. Your next question comes from Kevin Chang from CIBC Capital Markets. Kevin, please go ahead. Kevin, are you there? I'm mute, Kevin. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry, got, got to um, take, take that mute button, button off. Uh, th thanks for taking my question, Michael and Peter. Maybe I could ask, you know, when you when you look past the pandemic, just wondering how you think the organic growth uh, of this company looks, uh, uh, let's call it post-pandemic. You know, it, it seems like you know while the vaccine distribution, like you called out for the second quarter, might be might be temporary. You know, there's talks of booster shots next year, so so there could be a longer tail to maybe, you know, what's required here as we get out of the pandemic. Plus, you have a base business that had a healthy growth profile, you know, even before this pandemic started. So, so when you kind of put that all into a mixer, I'd be interested to know how you think your growth looks like, you know, coming out of this, and if you think it's higher, just just given you know, the, the, the increased focus on, on the healthcare supply chain. Yeah, uh, Kevin, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm, I'm, as you know, I've always looked at things very conservatively and, uh, and I've tried to maintain, um, you know, the, the mid to high single digit growth, uh, which is basically, uh, you know, where the healthcare industry, um, lies uh, and then with the opportunities um, associated with it I'm not including acquisitions on that front uh, when I look uh, at you know the vaccine distribution uh, one of the things and I'm so proud of our our management team I like uh, I, I cannot emphasize uh, that we are a people-based business um, and uh, uh, and the culture that we've fostered uh, in caring for each other, uh, which is evidenced by the fact that we haven't had any outbreaks and, uh, and disruptions in our business, that people do care um, about each other. Um, the, the, and the focus uh, on this vaccine distribution to, to, to complement and service uh, some of these provincial governments and, 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 and uh, provincial health units uh, in getting um, product delivered uh, is is 
it's more than a Monday to Friday uh, job. Uh, COVID doesn't sleep. It's been it's been weekends uh, to, to support it, uh, not knowing when the vaccines were coming in, when they were coming in, if there was an outbreak in one area, being able to adjust and adapt. Uh, whether AstraZeneca is not a favorable vaccine, then all of a sudden we have to go pick it up at the PHUs or different areas, and and then uh, and then bring them back. Uh, it's all within the you know keeping it a temperature confines, and uh, it's been an unbelievable uh, exercise, and I feel very proud uh, that our our team has executed um, extremely well. To, to, to support government. Um, that, I believe, is going to be a goodwill going forward. Uh, we've already been uh, advised by one provincial government that we they're going to look at us at doing the, the flu vaccine distribution um, you know, based on our network and, and our capabilities. So there's a goodwill opportunity to do more government health uh Within our, within our network, and that's so that's exciting, and that's be, that's a that's a testimonial of, of 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 the people that make it happen, and the drivers, and, and the care. Um, so you put that in in the in the uh, uh, in the basket. Uh, I look at our business for the last quarter, and one of the things we've noticed is our consumer health. There's still a lot of our clients that have not quite uh, grown to the to the to the same level that that uh, uh, we've been accustomed to. Uh, I'll give an example. I mean, I've given examples like travel vaccines, health and beauty aids, uh, um, you know, that type of business. Uh, the cough and cold business uh, were definitely lower this year than ever before, in light of the fact that everybody was wearing masks, people were staying at home, um, less chances for for contraction and and, and spread. So. Uh, less hospital visits. You know, uh, uh, I don't know if, this, if I have a stat, but it, it seems to be that less people were had to had the need for other medical products. Uh, that uh, hence less less distribution requirements and transportation requirements. So um, when we come out of this, I would anticipate that that uh, we will probably continue to handle. You know the consumer products, health and beauty aids, travel vaccines, and 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 hopefully the the, the government uh, get the have the, the the goodwill of the of of our of our service to, that government allows us to a new line of business that we weren't uh, accustomed of having before. Uh, and I might add too, the skeleton has had uh, that uh, they're they're doing the, the a lot of the vaccines in in um, in British Columbia as as well. So. Uh, that is, hopefully that answers that question. Sorry if it's long, long-winded there. <laughs> no, no, no. That was a, that, that's it's a, it's, it was a comprehensive uh, answer. So I, I appreciate yeah. that. Maybe just my second question, and you touched on this a little bit, uh, Michael. Just you know, as as you work with the government, um, you know, I guess both federal and provincial, uh, as we work through this pandemic, are you seeing anything you know outside of the goodwill you're generating, and you know potentially you know being a, a supplier of choice. Uh, you know, as far as things like the flu vaccine, are, are you seeing anything on their front in terms of potential changes in 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 in, in regulations or, or you know, how, how they look at audits in terms of you know the timing of how long they take, uh, you know, just from from lessons learned over the past year. Is is there anything on the horizon that you're seeing from a regulatory front? 
I, I think right now everybody seems to be, it, it's so fluid right now. Uh, I don't think people are even uh, thinking about about this at this juncture. It's about reacting um, to, and by the way, we're not, we're not doing work with the federal government, even though the federal government uh, has uh, actually one of the growth lines. Uh, while our coal packaging has been decimated because of COVID, and, and, and um, um, but our our packaging business, the credo business, has has uh, um, has grown significantly, and uh, the federal government has, and PHAC has ordered uh, the credo. It's been the, it's been the packaging of choice for the Moderna, and now Pfizer that we're able to move it at minus twenty. Um, uh, so yeah, we have some work with federal government, but typically, uh, 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 it's been very reactionary at the at the provincial level. Uh, I, <laughs> I probably shouldn't use a, a subjective comment, but I would hate to be a premier in this in this country right now. Um, you know, with the react, uh, how quickly people have uh, have to deal to react with the. The outbreak, uh, the uh, the waves, uh, uh, pandemic waves, and and the lack of vaccines. Uh, so I think every, all the focus is on that on that front at this juncture. That, that's that, that's great. That, that's it for me. Th thank you very much, and congrats on a good quarter there. Thank you very much, Kevin. Your next question comes from Konark uh, Gupta from Scotia Capital. Please go ahead. Thanks, operator. Good morning, everyone. Um, so. My first question uh, I want to ask you on the mic on vaccine uh, front. Uh, you mentioned uh, 3.7 million revenue impact uh, in Q2. Uh, I wanted to understand uh, which of the five product lines you have are, are more likely to recognize uh, a big chunk of that revenue uh, in Q2 or Q3. Yeah, so so there's 3.7 and there's Q1. Uh, good morning, Cornark. Um, yeah, so. Um, the 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 lines of business that are affected are the logistics business in light of the fact that we're uh, we're warehousing and distributing uh, on behalf of a couple of provincial governments, um, both the VAS and the vaccines. Uh, the the um, uh, and and uh, obviously the the, the transportation um, to some degree the last mile as well. Um, and the credo packaging, obviously, that that's uh, uh, pharmacy chains have have asked for the product uh, in order to get it to to uh, pharmacy distribution and the like. So those are the lines that have, uh, that have been affected by it. Uh, very little on the air freight because it's 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 uh, it's more or less provincial work or or or. or um, 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 yeah, health units. Uh, so, uh, except for on the air freight side, certainly getting the Pfizer diluent out, um, because Pfizer has been mandated to, to their own uh, dis transportation of the vaccines uh, from the federal government, uh, but the diluent has to follow. So, maybe a little bit of the air freight side too. That's great. Uh, thanks for clarification. Actually, that 3.7 is, is Q1. Um, so, uh, moving on to the skeleton, um, the results uh, look uh, good. I guess uh, it's only one month, uh, so we'll probably have to wait for the full quarter in Q2. Uh, but uh, relative to where you were expecting uh, skeleton to be, 
how did the results uh, shake out, um, you know, both in Canada and U.S. for those guys? Uh, uh, they they had um, um, they had good numbers, uh, consistent numbers, uh, growth numbers. Um, they uh, the thing that I, that that I'm excited about is I, I uh, it's a great brand uh, and great people. Um, very like-minded. They care for the customer. They're they're about best in class, um, and um, uh, that's what excites me. Uh, I, initially, I want you know I, we want the brands to be uh, separate, uh, even though they're you know, very complementary to to similar customers. Um, you know, like I said, expanding our platform of services, uh, particularly on the two to two, you know on the two to eight. Uh, but there are some good cost synergies going forward uh, with respect to uh, line hauls, um, you know, safety, uh, QA. Uh, there, there, there are a variety of things, and, and I've, I've, I've had the attitude just to keep it, you know, and let them run on their own, and because they're doing a great job. But uh, the, I, we believe that there's. <laughs> There's already discussion because of the similar cultures. There's a lot of discussions across the country with managers that say, "Hey, you know, uh, uh, you can, you know, you can keep your equipment in our facility." And uh, uh, you know, Skelton's looking at one of you know one of the things that Skelton does extremely well from an ESG standpoint is that their their reefer trailers are uh, have electric plug-ins. So when they're not on the road uh, running down the highway, uh, you can actually plug them in, and and the reaper can continue running without the fuel. Uh, that that's the best practice that we we're going to want to implement immediately at 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 uh, ATS Healthcare, for example, or at TDS, uh, or at ATS Dedicated, I should say. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, continued uh, growth. Uh, the USA is growing very rapidly. Um, they can't. Uh, they, they, I mean, they're managing that. I'm, I'm observing, uh, but they, they're, they're growing uh, at a much quicker pace because the demand is there. Um, they can't get enough equipment at this juncture um, to deal with the demand. Uh, so that's a piece of good news too. That's great, color uh, Mike. Thanks. Um, if, if I can ask you on Skelton, perhaps uh, there was some disclosures on revenue and net income for the month of March. Uh, any uh, thoughts you can share with us on on EBITDA, uh, particularly because uh, the Skelton US uh, income uh, is uh, recognized as uh, net income uh, in the EBITDA number that you disclosed. Uh, but uh, wanted to understand what would the EBITDA would have been with uh, with you know taking a skeleton US uh, EBITDA number, not not net income. Uh, I, I'm going to refer to Peter Bromley on that question uh, only because I don't have numbers at hand or or um, can actually. Uh, Peter, feel free to. Yes. Yeah, uh, hey, good morning, Connor. If, I think if you look in in our our financial statements, you can get a good good handle on uh, on the on the on the EBITDA for <clears throat> for the uh, for the Skeleton Canada piece. Um, it, it really is largely in line with what you would see also in our our 
specialized transportation segmented results. Um, I guess the, the, the slight difference is that, that Skeleton Canada owns all of its equipment um, and at, rather than, than leasing, but that sort of gets neutralized through the IFRS piece. So if you look at the, the EBITDA numbers um, calculated through the segmented note, you'll, you'll get a good picture for, for Skeleton. Skeleton is right in line with, uh, with, with the specialized transportation EBITDA number. And uh, on the U.S. side, um, yeah, that, that, that's a net income number, it's, uh, and it's, it's a 49% um, number uh, in terms of, of, the, of our share of the net income. Uh, EBITDA margins for the U.S. business are slightly lower than the Canada profile, uh, more in line with the logistics uh, segment, but, um, but we, we haven't really kind of carved out and, and disclosed those Separately, so but but they are they are lower than uh, than the Canadian business. So hopefully that's enough. <laughs> that, that, that's good, Claire. Peter, thank you so much. And, and the last one for me um, before I turn it over, um, you, you, Mike, you mentioned about some uh, some of your logistics facilities are more or less full. Um, are, are there any facilities on your network uh, that have excess capacity at this point? Uh, and uh, what, if any, uh, your plans would be to kind of fill that capacity once we are past, uh, you know, I'm talking long term, once we are past uh, this uh, next couple of quarters of uh, vaccine utilization? Uh, yeah, so for the immediate future, it's, it's you know, we do have capacity uh, both on the transportation segment and, and on the um, uh, and on the logistics uh, side of things. Uh, it's um, you know contracts come and go uh, or expire uh, on on a continuous basis. Uh, it allows us to understand uh, where our network is. I think some of our contracts may you know I mean there's no doubt that the industrial space is you know uh, has uh, you know I guess is performing extremely well. Um, you know, we we had we had a renewal in one of our Brampton facilities where we went from you know six dollars and fifty cents to nine dollars, and that's, we thought we did extremely well uh, by it. Um, and uh, um, as as prices are soaring at you know uh, ten, eleven, twelve dollar a square foot, um, we said no to a client in 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 Vancouver. Uh, who in turn had to get their own facility, and they just got, you know, they, I just uh, saw an email yesterday where they were paying over fifteen dollars a square foot. Uh, so it, it, it's uh, there's definitely a, a, a repricing initiative uh, on the go uh, as as contracts uh, expire. Uh, I see that as an opportunity for uh, HG in light of the fact that some of our leases are long term. Um, having said that, um, so there's a choice to be had in terms of whether we want to keep certain clients where we've, we've you know, uh, from a pricing standpoint um, and have a better quality of revenue within our facilities uh, or we get new facilities. Uh, we do have the capacity. We're always looking at uh, opportunities on the real estate, a case in point on the transportation side. Uh, we've already looked at uh, expanding in our Edmonton facility. 
to complement one of our the wholesaler distributors who who is also expanding in Edmonton. Um, we have uh, Vancouver. Uh, we have an opportunity to expand uh, within our present facility to take the whole facility, which is an extra 65,000 square feet, uh, which we'll probably undertake um, as an option. Uh, I referred to you know, my, uh, earlier on with uh, Montreal, uh, we have an opportunity to expand uh, that facility by 50, 50 or 60,000 square feet, uh, and we're working with the builder on that uh, presently. So we, we have a bunch of uh, irons in the fire, um, and uh, you know, uh, we'll adapt uh, accordingly and feel comfortable that we'll be able to meet the needs uh, going forward. That's great. Uh, thanks, and all the best for that. Thank you very much, Konak. Your next question comes from Maggie McDougall from Steeple. Maggie, please go ahead. Good morning. Thanks Good morning, for taking Maggie. my questions. Um, nobody's asked about this yet, so I'll just uh, touch on M&A. And um, your very clean balance sheet, uh, I know Skeleton giving you your first footprint in the U.S. probably opened up some eyes in terms of where you're willing to grow. grow. And so could you just give us a little overview of, of how your pipeline looks, where you're seeing some interesting opportunities, and then absent M&A, what you think you could do with some of the excess cash aside from debt repayment? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question. And obviously, with between our tuck-in acquisitions in Q4 and the skeleton acquisitions in Q1, it's it's uh, uh, it, it's it's proven successful. Um, we and and obviously it is part of our uh, uh, focus areas um, and will continue to be. Uh, I'm excited about the opportunities um, we have. Actually, interestingly enough, Maggie, with respect to the U.S. acquisitions, we have been we have gotten unsolicited offers um, uh, um, offers, but uh, unsolicited. Yeah, I guess unsolicited offers uh, to 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 purchase. Uh, um, from you know banks, et cetera. Uh, um, so uh, we see the opportunities will be there. I think right now for for these next couple of quarters, you know, in light of the fact you know that you're talking about the third wave uh, travel restrictions, uh, but more importantly, I think I, re- I talked about our, the the. The importance of our employees' health and safety, but also um, the execution of, of, of the vaccine. To, to us, internally, we've made it a, a, a very high mandate to ensure that, we're, that we, are, we operate with the, uh, 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 you know, closer perfection in terms of, of executing the, 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 um, the distribution and transportation of the vaccine and supporting governments. Uh, uh, so... Uh, and as I said before, COVID doesn't doesn't sleep on weekends, uh, which means that a lot of our employees are are, are working through the weekends, uh, including you know including management and executives to ensure that the, nothing nothing uh, uh, is omitted. Um, so uh, right now, I'm putting acquisition on the side burner. That having said that, we do have some in the pipeline and discussions are ongoing, but it's not something that I'm putting as a priority for the next couple of quarters in terms of executing. If it happens, it happens. 
but at this juncture, I want to, you know, for the wellness of our employees and, and the situation that we're in, I want to, uh, I want to focus on on uh, execution, and, and it seems to be working well with the with the results. Thanks, Mike. I'll pass the line. Thanks, Maggie. Your next question comes from Tim James from TD Securities. Tim, please go ahead. Uh, thanks. Thanks very much. Congratulations on a, on a good quarter. Um, just wanted to ask about the packaging solutions segment here um, and how we think about the recovery as you go through the balance of 21. I realize comps, I guess, become a little bit easier, but just wondering if there's any signs of, of kind of some of the workplace rules uh, being relaxed and enabling kind of more efficiency in that business as you look through the balance of the year? Good morning. Uh, the answer is no, uh, especially this wave. I, I find that this wave has, has taxed us, our employees, more so than than, than uh, uh, this time last year. Last year was more of an uh, unknown and um, um, maybe less contagious, uh, or maybe we were, you know, uh, um, more things were closed and 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 um but at uh, this juncture we we've we've had we've had our share of covid positive cases all contact traceable uh typically coming from the homes uh, the homes of these individuals um and the co-packaging actually uh, made us uh change even more so um uh uh, I'm just I'm wondering if it's the last quarter or the beginning of April. I can't remember exactly but when it happened, but but we we've had to go to a client and say, listen, we it's unacceptable. We actually just put a tent out in uh, one of our peel facilities uh, just to ex- make our lunchroom more expandable uh, outdoors. Just just um, just to give you an idea. So. If anything, it's actually going the other way at this juncture. And frankly, we're not going. We're going to listen to the employees. We're going to take. Uh, we have uh, between Acuristics, Novapack, ATS. They have. They, there's. Uh, there's not one day that goes by without one company having having the executive meeting with COVID continuant uh, business continuity plan. Uh, it's very fluid. Um, our, our head of HR, Patrick Maverick, has been a, a rock star uh, in in, uh, um, in in managing this um, and coordinating it. Uh, we're talking to we've talked to the Ministry of Health with getting our mobile clinics uh, up and going within the next two weeks, uh, particularly at the vaccine uh, storage and and uh, distribution sites. Uh, one in Peel, one in, in Vaughan. Um, so to answer your question, the co-packaging, I don't see the, uh, you know, I don't see that uh, certainly changing within the next quarter. Uh, hopefully we'll have enough vaccines in arms and we can start, you know, uh, managing more normally by, by the fall uh, or, or mid-summer. Okay, thank you. And then I just want to return to... Um to, to Skelton and, and the acquisition there, the, the revenue, uh, I think it was about 4.1 million and that, that it contributed. Um, and that was just for one month. Um, it just seemed relatively strong when I kind of think about the, the implied annual revenue from the margin that you've talked about and the margin disclosure, uh, that was 
quite a good result for a month of contribution. Was there um, sort of an unusual impact in, in that month, or is that fairly indicative of, of that business uh, on a go-forward basis? Um, that's a good question. Uh, typically, March is one of our stronger months uh, within uh, uh, our, uh, most of our segments, uh, including transportation. Um, uh, might be our best month. Uh, of the year. Not that there's much seasonality in our business, but certainly uh, March uh, is is uh, typically one of our best months. And uh, uh, so, so we picked the right month to get started. I guess with Skelton uh, would be would be my answer to that question. Uh, having said that, March over March was was uh, you know it, it's a very mature business in the refrigerated two to eight business in Canada. They're they're uh, they're you know, slow and steady as as the healthcare industry uh, offers in Canada. They're they're they were the best in class in the two to eight refrigerated and continue to be. So uh, I would suggest that. And then I guess maybe the influx, of, you know, a bit of the vaccine distribution, particularly in BC, uh, might have helped. Um, so it's not you know. Um, manageable growth, but not, not extraordinary growth. I think where they're having big leaps and bounds is in the United States um, right now. Okay, that, that's helpful. That's all the questions I had. Thank you very much. Thank you. As a reminder, should you have a question, please press star followed by one. Your next question comes from uh, Andre, or Andre uh, Leno. Please go ahead. Hi, uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my questions. Uh, if you for me, uh, I'll just first wanted to ask a bit about the good cost control uh, in the OPEX special that you had in the quarter. Uh, I was wondering uh, what drove that and what is the durability uh, of those cost controls looking forward? Um, the cost controls haven't been um, necessarily any different. Um, I think uh, Pricing disciplines have been uh, good. Um, uh, I, I mentioned, you know, the fuel cost as a pass-through is, is was lower than expected and lower than 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 the previous uh, uh, like Q1 of last year. Um, uh, and when you do things right, the the cost of mistakes is less as well. Um, so you combine all those things, and I think that's where you know that's where we were able to get. Um, uh, but there's, there's definitely you know there there are while we we have mostly variable, there are certain you know fixed overhead costs that are that have been controlled uh, that haven't grown you know maybe you know two three percent. Where you know if your revenue grows that much high, higher, obviously the fixed cost as a percentage of sales becomes less. So. Um, you know, like I said, the, the stars were kind of aligned. You know, all, all the stars together kind of made made it made it uh, made it right for this for this quarter. That's great. So this is more or less a good level uh, going forward. It's 21 million in Q1. I'm sorry, I, I don't understand the question. Is it a good level of of uh, operating expenses? Uh, the the one that you have in Q1, the 21 million, is a good level looking forward. Peter, you want to answer that question for me, please? You're, you're talking about direct operating expense, Andrew? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, I think I think those those are variable costs. They're going to ebb and flow with with revenue. Uh, if you look at the operating ratio, we're sitting at at around 21.6 percent versus uh, versus 26.5 percent um, in the in the same quarter of the prior year. So, uh, you know, I I think as as we as we've mentioned, it, it really is we're kind of sitting at the high end of our sort of normal range for margins. And whether they're sustainable at that level or not is is a good question. I, I think uh, I think I I would articulate that that our our normal range for for margin broadly, not just with, not with not just with respect to the direct operating cost line, but but overall, would would typically run in a 23 to 25 percent EBITDA uh, margin range. And I, and you know I, I think I'm I think we're comfortable with that. And uh, and and that is a more of a longer run thing. We, we are. You know, with stars aligning, as, as Michael said, we're, we're just sitting at the high end of our range for the moment. So, uh, I would say that that we'll we will ultimately return into that that normal range. Just don't know when. Okay. No, great. Thank you. Uh, thanks for this caller. Uh, and uh, on the uh, question on on Skelton, uh, you, you mentioned that they have good ESG practices and and they plug in and they could potentially be something for uh, AHS to also. Uh, Look into would there be any uh, capex associated with that, or would it be minimal mostly? Um, that's a good question. I'm not. I'm sure. Um, well, as as we we continually buy new trailers, replace trailers. You probably look at our equipment on the road. Uh, you see it's fresh, unlike other transport companies. Uh, so we're we're continually uh, um, uh, uh, turning turning over the equipment. So as we turn over new equipment, we'll be looking at at getting that type of uh, uh, technology and in and in place. Uh, capital costs of of plugging in on our facilities as well. This uh, um, is probably there, but I, I, it's not. It, it doesn't move the needle uh, as far as we're concerned. And from an ESG standpoint, I think it's the right. It, it, no, I don't think I know it's the right thing to do. No, sounds good. Thank you. And uh, uh, then uh, last one on the COVID vaccine. Uh, you had mentioned before potentially getting Alberta uh, as well, in addition to Ontario. I was wondering if there is any uh, color you can add there for Alberta specifically, or uh, and have there been any other provinces uh, that, that that you've spoken or you might make any headway? Well, you, you've you've identified the two provinces that I've referred to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's great. And uh, the last question, uh, still on the COVID vaccine, uh, that, that 3.7 million that you realized in Q1, uh, would that be a good level for Q2 if you can't speculate? And would you be impacted by Ontario suspending the AZ vaccine distribution? No, it's a matter of volume of, of, of vaccines. Uh, certainly the AZ probably be the easiest vaccine to distribute. Um, uh, so you know because it, it it's it's in a refrigerated state uh the rest of the vaccines uh well the rest right now is are moderna and pfizer uh are more complex in terms of uh of requirements i, I referred to earlier on with the the pfizer needing the diluent uh, uh to go with the with the ship uh with the with the product uh there are the packaging uh required uh, with respect to moving product at minus 20, uh, includes Credo, uh, but also includes uh, temperature data recorders, um, 
uh, just to you know a, a double check. The government has been very diligent in making sure everything's double checked and making sure that the, when it goes into an arm, its 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 uh, it, its its efficacy is at 100%. Um, so they're very uh, diligent on that front, uh, and that 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 requires you know more costs, more attention. Uh, in some cases, it you know you cannot include it within your regular delivery network. You have to go dedicated. Uh, so there's a lot of logistical uh, issues that 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 are uh, that happen. Uh, the fact that AstraZeneca is limited doesn't take the take away the fact that we still have to inoculate, you know, 35 million uh, people in this country. Uh, plus, oh, um, uh, I guess less than that when you consider uh, minors. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, so the bulk of of the vaccines are going to be coming in over the next couple of quarters. So I can only speculate in light of the fact that our Q1 numbers weren't as great as as uh, as Q uh, as they will be in Q2. That it will be it'll be a higher number. Okay, great. Thank you very much. That appreciate it. There are no further questions at this time. I'll turn it back to you, Michael. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I hope this was informative. Uh, for those of you who still want to ask questions, uh, we will be hosting our annual general meeting in, I think, in a couple hours. I uh, uh, appreciate uh, for all you participating this morning uh, and your support. Um, have a wonderful day and stay safe. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.